and welcome to another edition of the Read More Podcast, the show that brings readers and writers together. I'm Marva Hinton. Today I'm in Key West with award-winning author Nicole Dennis-Ben. Her latest novel, Patsy, just came out earlier this month. Nicole, welcome back to the Read More Podcast. Thank you for having me. You were on the show back in 2017 when you were promoting your first novel, Here Comes the Sun, and it's so nice to sit down and talk to you again. Um, your new novel, Patsy, is about a young woman from Jamaica who decides to leave her five-year-old daughter, True, behind on the island to chase her American dream and join her childhood love, Sicily, in New York. When she arrives, the U.S. is not how she imagined, and things don't go as planned with Sicily. How did this story and this character come to you? Um, that's a very good question. So Patsy came to me while I was traveling back and forth on the Staten Island Ferry. Um, I was going at 6 a.m. in the mornings, going to College of Staten Island. And while going there, I was in, um, tra- commuting with other Caribbean immigrants. They were speaking to each other. They had known each other before. And, you know, I started saying to myself, who are these people? Who were they before? And what did they carry? What did they, what did they leave behind? And somehow being an immigrant myself, I started having this... Um, this thought process or this epiphany, this creative epiphany of creating a character who could have been in commute with me as well. This woman who is a nanny who works on the Upper West Side and she's going on um, her daily commute. But she's actually obviously um, kind of um, very much in by, to herself and also um, saddened by the fact that she has left so much back home only to come here to do job, the jobs that nobody else would want. And that's how Patsy came to me. She started speaking to me through this one voice, this one woman who came here to America and left her young daughter behind but at the time I didn't know she left a daughter I just thought she probably was coming here like any other immigrant to work hard and send money back home so she wouldn't she didn't really abandon the child but then it was actually during residency where True's voice the daughter's voice started coming to me and it was like an angry kind of angry tone and I said wow you know why is she so angry for, um, you know because as children who were left behind we're told to be grateful and so it was actually unpacking that story even more, realizing that this woman left the child, left true, um, to reinvent herself in America. So you know, so it wasn't the altruistic um, storyline that we get with immigrant story. This was a woman who really wanted to chase that love, chase Sicily across the ocean, and start over again um, without her family back in Jamaica. And that was how the story came to me, and it just stayed. Even though yes, I fought with it for a few. Um, you know, a couple months, years, I guess, but it really stayed with me because I felt like that was the story that I ultimately wanted to tell. Through Patsy's story, you explore what it's like for undocumented immigrants in this country, mm-hmm. particularly young women like Patsy. She's a smart woman, but as you said, we see her struggle right. to find work and just generally be in a vulnerable position because of her immigration status. As an immigrant from Jamaica yourself, um, I'm sure this is a topic that's very near and dear to your heart. Why did you want to write about this topic through the eyes of a woman like Patsy um, that, you know, who is here and really just working every day so hard in the shadows and just goes unseen by so many people? Right. Um, I wanted to really capture the desperation um, being an immigrant who has no documentation because people don't really see those immigrants. Usually, um, you know, they're immigrants who come here for school or for work, like if you work in the um, engineering or technology industry. But for those working class immigrants who are coming here for better opportunities, 
it's, it's really hard. And I wanted to show that struggle for upward mobility, how if you're not coming with edu- the right education, the right paperwork, that you're not you're stuck, literally. And you can't go back home to your own country because whatever is happening in the, that country, in, with Jamaica in particular, the infrastructures are not there for working-class Jamaicans to be upwardly mobile. So I wanted to show those two, um, those two conflicts and use Patsy um, to tell it. Well, as we said... Patsy, you know, makes this decision to come to the U.S. and she leaves her daughter behind. And for so many people, that's something that they would say, that's just unforgivable. How do you do that to your child? I mean, in fact, she tells her young daughter that she's going to come back, but she has no intention to do so. Um, She even lies to her American friends in some cases and says she acts like she doesn't have a child um, because she knows there's going to be so much judgment she's going to face for that. Uh, at one point, she talks about how people will understand and forgive this type of behavior from a man, but it's different for a woman. As a right. writer, how do you look at a character like Patsy, and do you see her as a challenge? You know, How do you make the reader care about Patsy and understand why she would make such a hard choice? Yeah. Uh, first of all, I also judged Patsy initially as well. You know, It was hard for me to write a character who would actually leave her child behind and empathize with her as I'm writing her. But then I had to put it aside and reevaluate how I was socialized as a woman in society to believe that, oh, it's actually the woman's responsibility. You know, if she leaves the, the family, it's, it's the, it crushes the family when men do this all the time. So I wanted to actually show a storyline now where the woman leaves and, you know, ultimately what we lose when we choose ourselves as women because we don't get that opportunity. We're taught as girls to be inherently maternal, you know, like, and if motherhood happens to us that we should, just, we automatically should be the best at it. And so I wanted to really have a conversation about that. Like, what does that mean where we're put, being put on this pedestal as mothers but not seen as human beings capable of having flaws, desires of our own, yearnings of our own, and dreams. And so I wanted to um, unpack all of that in Patsy. That's, and so when I came back to the page, I was, it was easier for me to know, empathize with her, love her, and know that she, there are many Patsy's that exist in this world. Well, what is it that fascinates you about the question of what a mother owes her child. You were just talking about how you socialize to have certain ideas about women and uh, motherhood. And also that fraught mother-daughter relationship that you have now explored in your second novel, just like you did in your first. I just want to know, you know, what is it about those things that kind of draws you to those topics? Yeah, I'm, always, I'm actually really fascinated with these relationships, the mother-daughter relationships, because I feel like that's really the very beginning of how we learn um, in society to be women. And I feel like those, you know, with those relationships, you can actually see generational traumas, and you can actually see how, um, for example, the, the gendered expectations. And as a storyteller, I love unpacking these things, these stories, because I feel like that's where the tension lies. What, what happens when you step outside of that and you, you, know, you shake that, that branch and what happens, you know? And so with Patsy um, and True, as, as opposed to Margot, Tandy, and Dolores, um, the, the, it, the, the ties were severed with, between Patsy and True, but it's really, um, it, here's this person now, this mother, coming to terms with who she is as an individual. You know, she didn't, got, she didn't have the opportunities before to find her identity. So here she is now coming into her, her whole self and wanting to do that before claiming to be able to mother somebody else. And that's really what I wanted to do in terms of the dialogue there. 
Yeah. Well, you go back and forth in this novel from Patsy's perspective to True's perspective. Mm -hmm. Why did you want to tell the story that way? You mentioned Patsy came to you first and then True. Yeah, I Patsy Patsy really was loud in that in a sense where I wanted to tell her story even more so because I was more fascinated with a woman who dares to choose herself. You know, and I, I felt like, you know, it's always the stories about people who um who whose actions just they they make unpopular decisions that that fascinates me the most. And so I was I went on a journey with Patsy wanting to see through the eyes of this woman. And so while on the journey with her, that's when True also came about. Because I'm like, how am I telling the story of this one woman existing in America, saying she's childless, you know, coming to reinvent herself, but what about the child? And that's when I had to take two, two steps back um, while in residency at Hedgebrook and, and write True, and ultimately finding out really what's going on with True, who she is as a character, as an individual, coming to her own identity and questioning this abandonment. Well, at its heart, this novel is also about a lesbian who is finding herself and having the freedom to live her truth. So through her rather dreary life in Jamaica, Mm -hmm. the one thing that kind of keeps her... um, keeps her going is this friendship that became a relationship romantic relationship with Sicily and so she goes back and forth and reads the letters over and over Mm -hmm. and you know she sees how she describes America and the promises that the U.S. offers her but you know in their hometown they could never truly be a couple because Mm -hmm. of the homophobia present and through True who is also gender non-conforming we see her figuring out, you know, her sexuality as a young um, girl, and we see how much things have changed or they haven't changed yes. since um, Patsy was growing up. Why did you want to give readers a chance to see an intergenerational look at sort of a, a, a queer experience? Oh, wow! I love this question. Um, so I wanted to really tackle this because, first of all, I love writing queer characters because I, I write what I never saw on the page before. And unpacking this story about this woman, this unwilling mother who happens to be queer, um, I wanted to like really write that story and also say, in terms of that incorporating colorism as well because Patsy's relationship with Cicely started with her fascination with the fact that Cicely has lighter skin, light eyes, and long hair. And it's the kind of look that you're told as a Jamaican, as a dark-skinned black girl in the Caribbean or wherever that that's the look you should aspire to. Or that, you know, if you don't have that look, you're not, you're not going to make it, you're not pretty enough or anything. So Patsy latched on to Sicily because of that, but then the relationship became even more complex. So when they became a couple, um, Patsy really was the one who held on longest because Sicily had already moved on. And Patsy was thinking she could really move to America like Sicily, and that would give them the opportunity to be a couple. And, you know, I wanted to explore that heartbreak, how disappointed not only to encounter, like, see the... the um, come to the realization that America is not the dream she thought it was, but the fact that her romance that she had in her head wasn't what what she thought it was either. And it it just happens. I mean, in any relationship, in any love relationship we have, you know, um, we've all suffered love and loss, and Patsy really suffered this this loss um, with Cicely. But then her daughter, now coming into her own sexuality and her own gendered identity in Jamaica, I wanted to have that happen in Jamaica because... Here, Patsy and, Patsy and um, True could have been friends. They could have talked about this together as mother and daughter. But 
the fact that they have been um, so secretive about it because of the stigma and also through looking around asking herself I don't like telling herself she hasn't seen any women like her or anyone any person like her um, you know her that's then falling into this um, this questioning and then this depression um, I wanted to explore that even more um, showing the linkage you know when we talk about mother-daughter bonds and seeing how it's really, you know, it's just fascinating how these traits are in us. You know, we don't know if our moms, if, given that we, our mothers, we always we put them on pedestal. We don't know what they have grappled with as individuals. Um, so even if True were present with Patsy, I don't even think they probably she would probably would have said anything because Patsy probably would have been secretive about her attraction to Sicily or True's godmother, as she calls her. Now I'd just like to ask you a few questions about what you like to read and mm-hmm. the writers you enjoy. Yeah. Um, if you could have a dinner party with mm-hmm. five of your favorite authors, yes. living or dead, who would you invite oh. and what would you ha- serve? Yes, I would definitely have Zora Neale Hurston over for sure, Toni Morrison, Audre Lorde, uh, Louise Bennett, and James Baldwin, actually. And I would definitely serve Oxdale uh, with you know rice and peas, um, sorrel rum punch, everything that you know that makes me happy. Curry goat, like, you know, because I feel like uh, we could actually over our meal uh, while we're eating, we could actually argue and talk about the. Because I feel like my work is in conversation with their works, and I feel like our conversation would definitely have been a great one over meals that I love, my my home food, my Jamaican food, um, and they'll probably like talk about what's going on now in in 2019 with feeling like oh my gosh like did we move forward or have we moved backwards you know and I think that that conversation would just generate so much thought um so yeah well that is interesting that you talked about your work being in conversation with theirs because I don't know why but as I was reading this for some reason I thought about uh, Toni Morrison's mm-hmm. A Mercy, and I thought also about Sula, even though, yes. I don't know, it just, those two books came to mind as I was yes. reading, and I didn't know if you were think, had thought about them right. in, you know, relationship to yours or not. Yeah, I, oh my gosh, Sula was my favorite book. Oh my gosh, like I have that um, in my study, and I think, you know, I really was fascinated by Sula herself as that character who, she was the one who stepped outside of that gendered box and, re- and reinvented herself. She educated herself, she went away with Whereas her friend or her, the, pe- the woman she grew up with became homemakers. And I always um, said to myself, wow, you know, what was it like for a woman in, that, in the 1920s to have done that? That was gutsy. And here, fast forward to a Patsy who kind of did the same thing. Um, but with her, she, you know, in terms of her, st- like, um, relinquishing that role, like, stepping away from that role of motherhood and how she's viewed, you know, as this woman who, I mean, she, didn't, she didn't, never had the choice in the first place. You know, abortion is illegal in Jamaica. And so I always thought about those women who dared, like, would they ever dare to say to themselves, I can't do this. And, you know, you're, as a look at your children, you're better off being raised by someone else. And so I always um, think, you know, it's women that I, the women who I, I look to usually are the women who actually do these things. They step out, outside of that box and re- reinvent themselves, reclaim themselves, reclaim their freedoms. Yeah. Well, what are you reading right now? Okay, I'm actually reading Trevor Noah's memoir, um, Born a Crime, and I'm loving it. I'm laughing out loud, even though, you know, there are, there are parts where, you know, you're just angry because it's apartheid that he's talking about, you know, coming of age in apartheid. But the way how he, the, the story is told, you could tell it's written by a comedian because he makes it where he writes, it's like a painfully 
hysterical story. Um, so I'm really loving that now. I can't put it down. And what are you working on right now? Oh, I'm working on my third novel right now. I'm in the middle of it. Um, of course, it's kind of on break because I'm touring with Patsy, but it's really, it's coming. And I'm excited about it. Is there anything at all you can tell us about it now, or is it too new? Uh, it's too new. It's too new. But it's set in Jamaica and also, again, in Brooklyn. So, yeah, two places. Well, Nicole dennis Ben, thank you so much for coming on to talk about your work. Thank you for having me. This was fun. Oh, I have to add one more thing. Thank you. There is a character in this novel. We talked about this off tape, but there's a character in this novel who is named Marva, and I really appreciate that because I've never seen that before in a book. Yes, listen, I love Marva. She's one of my favorite characters, and so I'm so happy that you know I have a character named Marva, a beautiful name. Thank you so much. I love that too. Yes, thank you. You can find out how to win a free signed copy of Patsy on our website, readmorepodcast.com. And if you like the show, please leave us a rating and a review on iTunes. You can also support Nicole and the show through buying Patsy and her first book, Here Comes the Sun, on our site. Please follow us on Twitter at Read More Podcast and like us on Facebook. Join us again next time for another edition of the show that brings readers and writers together. Until then, I'm Marva Hinton reminding you to read more.